Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by Bookmaker. Find them online at bookmaker.eu. Tweet them, bookmaker underscore EU, and tell them you heard them on the Big Ten Show. Sign up today and get a $100 free play. No strings attached. Check them out today for all the lines from football to basketball to hockey and more. Check them out at bookmaker.eu. Welcome in to another edition of the Big Ten Show presented to you by Jacobson Seed Company. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn, and I don't need no stinking water to get ready for this debate. I got all <coughs> kinds of, excuse me. I, I got all kinds Pardon of me. bullets ready to go for oh, Adam Carricker. Adam, first of all, watching the Pat McAfee show. Shout out to Pat, great dude in the industry. Uh, he was talking with JJ Watt this week. Okay. And they were talking about the worst bruises that they had on their body after a football game. And for s- some players like Pat, few and far between as a punter, do you get bruises? He had a fake field goal that turned out bad. He got he got dinged up. But JJ said like every week, he was looking they showed a picture and I swear to god, from like his groin to his knee, his entire calf, which by the way was like the size of my waist um was black blue purple red green it was every color in the rainbow do you have one that comes to mind where you woke up the next day and it's not like acl tear broke your leg but like the next morning you woke up and you're like dude look at my body not one because i always had bruises like in high school, uh, I was the only kid who played both ways. I was quarterback and a DN, so my pads were pretty funky, huge here, tiny here, so I could throw. But I set a record for having 12 ice bags on me at one point. Now, that could be because I'm a giant pansy or because I was actually trying to hit somebody, maybe a little bit of both, probably. I don't know. I always had bruises. I would get up in the morning, especially back when you could do two-a-days, you know, yep. when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Uh, and you could barely walk for the first 90 minutes, and then 20 minutes later, you were out going full go again, nine on seven, taking on double teams. So w- when I talk to people now and I'm brought in to talk to teams, I, I talk about, especially with high school kids, like bruises are badges of honor. And I don't, I love Pat McAfee, but I don't want to hear him talk about one time he got hit in his 24-year football career or whatever it is. I don't want to hear about that. And I've already heard the story about the fake field goal, why Trump, Troy Polamalu all of a sudden went through the C-gap when they'd watched film. He'd never done it before. Basically, Troy came out one time and said, it's because you gave it away before the snap, Pat. It's a way to go. Pat does a great job, but I don't want to hear punters and kickers talking about bruises. All right, so let me ask you this, okay? Um, how impressed are you that I took a punch from the head? What the hell is that? Math is easy. Even for guys from Miami, X, it's right there. <laughs> We are talking. This is a Big Ten show. We don't talk about Miami. Just for you. <laughs> we, we, we don't talk about Miami on this show. It's the Big Ten show, Adam. You know oh, that oh, they're in the praise, ACC. Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, so how how much how much how much street cred do I get that I've taken a punch twice from the then heavyweight champion of the world, Deontay Wilder? Okay. I sent you. Um, I, sent I need, you I need more context. That, there's I a story sent, behind that. I sent you the video. Check your phone right now. Scroll to the 23-second mark. Twenty, Actually, go to 25 seconds because at 23, he's taking off his rings and he's about to punch me. Uh, but you just scroll scroll up to about probably second 25. Uh, if you guys Google Deontay Wilder, WBC heavyweight champ, punches Jeff Turn, you can find this. Um, 
I did this voluntarily for no amount of money. Uh, you made me. <laughs> Is that supposed to make it better? <laughs> okay, I'm watching it right now, dude. Uh, he's watching it right now. For those at home, you guys can find this on YouTube. Uh, Deontay Wilder is by far the biggest human I've ever let punch me in my entire life. Um, he was wearing like a nice dress shirt at the time, so yeah. he wasn't like yeah. lathered up. He wasn't yeah. fully lathered up. Uh, are are you to the point now where he punches me? Are you where, where are we at here on the on oh. the punching? But hold on, yep. Hold on. Oh. Oh, oh, I took it like a champ myself. Um, and I, I think no matter what bruise you had in your life going up against those pansies from the NFL, until you take a punch from Deontay Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champ of the world, you really ain't got nothing on me, man. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. All right. Okay. okay so we're going to break down this punch. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to go check it out. All right. First of all, it's in the arm. Not in the face like I was imagining and rooting for. <laughs> um, and he does not wind up at all. It's literally like this right here. Like he's knocking on the door. And you fall down into a chair like he hit you with the Louisville slugger. Jeff, I love you and I got respect for you. I don't know that this helped your street cred. <laughs> I'm be honest with you, man. I will tell you. I will tell you the next day his knuckles were bruised into my no, arms. Were. No, they yes, were. Oh, crap, dude. So, so, so I have I had this shtick on my local show. Every time we'd have a UFC fighter on, I'd let him punch me in the arm. All right. Okay. Uh, Chuck Liddell has punched me. Um, Conor McGregor. All the big names have punched me over the years. But there was one dude. He was a flyweight, and I was going out of town, and I was going to be going to the beach, and I didn't want to have bruises on my body because I looked so good. Uh-huh. I asked him to just I asked him to just punch me in my leg. Okay. The dumbest thing I've ever done. Punched me in my calf. Not only did I have a bruise, I had Charlie horses for the next week. Take it like a man, man. Put it in your arm. Oh, the calf's going to be worse than the arm because you got to walk on it. Everything you just mentioned. We got to work on your definition of punch. It looked more like a slug bug is what it looked like, dude. Like he saw like a red little slug bug and he said slug bug. No, No, dude, he didn't punch Tyson Fury that hard beating Tyson (laughs) Fury. Hey, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, man. We're just going to run with it. We did not punch Tyson Fury that hard. We're just going to run with it. All right, man. The Big Ten Show presented to you by Jacobson Seed Company, (laughs) jacobsonseed.com. Now we got all that out of the way. Um, Adam, what we're going to do today, we're going to look at some of the matches uh, that are happening this weekend throughout the Big Ten, and you have your power rankings, uh, and I want to start there. Last time we did the power rankings, I had Michigan, Penn, or sorry, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State all sitting there in the top three, and we sort of said, you know, after that you could kind of, you know, determine where you are. I did have Iowa at number four, big win for the Hawkeyes again last week, controlling their own destiny in the West. But where are you at? Let's start with your power rankings at the bottom and work our way to the top. We got to work on your definition of big and punch, okay? And real quick, we're, I want to go through these quick because I want to talk about. Wisconsin, Oregon, because they're going to be in the Big Ten next year. I've got Washington, Oregon. Washington, Oregon. What I say? Wisconsin. Oh, that'd be a great game too. Oregon would win, but Washington, Oregon, because they're going to be in the Big Ten uh, next year, and they're two. That's the biggest game this weekend. Also, I've got some interesting stats when it pertains to the Big Ten and the top ten defenses in the country and the top three offenses in the country. All right, but we'll get to those. So let's go through these quickly. My power rankings: Penn, Penn State narrowly edges out. Michigan, Michigan at number one. So I got Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Now, this is where I had to kind of figure out Wisconsin and Maryland. I wanted Maryland to look a little bit better against Ohio State. So I have Wisconsin at four. You 
vastly undervalue them, my friend. Maryland at five. And as we were getting ready to record, and I said I'm switching something, this is what I switched. Rutgers at six, not Iowa. Iowa at seven. And my biggest mover of the week, and you can call me a homer if you want. I don't care. Nebraska jumps up to number eight, okay? After a dominating performance over Illinois, Northwestern, somehow this team that shouldn't even be winning games is number nine, okay? Minnesota, who's nowhere near as good as people pretend they are at number 10. And then 11 through 14 was a menagerie. Uh, Michigan State at 11. Why? Because I got to put them somewhere. Purdue, same thing. Indiana's ahead of Illinois because Illinois is really, really bad. So if if we took Minnesota and Nebraska and we replayed that game this weekend, yes, you think Nebraska is going to beat them? Yes, because we aren't starting Jeff Sims a quarterback. That's why we lost that game. No disrespect to Jeff, but when you have seven turnovers in your first, and you don't even finish the second game, your first two starts, now all of a sudden those turnovers aren't there anymore. That's a huge difference. Okay, um, Nebraska, and I got to point this out because okay. I think some people see what you were tweeting or what you were putting on Facebook throughout that game being encouraged and optimistic, and they're going, dude, you're playing Illinois. Like, what are you doing, man? Is, is this what we've been relegated to? Yep. Listen, you, is, have been re- you, yes. you have been you have been relegated to that. Yes. And you know what? I absolutely love your mentality, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm no poking fun, no, no in, yeah. in all seriousness, right? At, at one point, if you would have celebrated a win against Illinois and you were a Husker fan in the mid-90s, we would have all laughed at you because you were you were beating up on the sisters of the poor in the school for the blind. Yep. yep. Now you get a win like that after prep after having turbulence this season at quarterback, brand new head coach. You you lost so many one-score games over the last three, four, five years mm-hmm. that it feels like for some reason, either you have to be completely pessimistic about the Huskers or you can't give a damn. You got to be apathetic. There's no, like, I feel like there's a a portion of the fan base that is so mad about the last three to five to 10 years Mm -hmm. that they are willing to disregard any success until it's the peak of the peak again. And that just ain't going to happen in today's college football. I love the way you're approaching it, man, in all seriousness. People are just so overreactive. Like, at the end of the Michigan game, they were ready to write off the season. Now we beat Sisters of the Poor Illinois, which is an important win for us because if we don't, we're 2-4 and four and we just lost to Illinois. Now all of a sudden we're going to be like an 8-9-10 win team again. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you people? 7-5 and five was my early se- my preseason prediction. I would yep. take that. But right now, if we get to 6-6, six and six, I've said this since before the year, that is my definition of a successful season. And outside of Michigan, we don't play a whole lot of great teams. Outside of Maryland, Wisconsin, Michigan, we don't really play any good teams. And I don't care because that's where we're at. And then we can build towards hopefully seven, eight wins maybe next year in a much tougher schedule, I might add. 100%, man. 100% agree with you on that. Um, let's move to a couple there at the top. You know, our buddy Bobby Carpenter. Uh, I did see unveil his top five. He has Ohio State as the number one team in the country. Shocker. I mean, okay, <laughs> okay home cooking aside. But, okay. Like, seriously? seriously? No, but, but my point was this. My point was this. And yeah. I'm not saying that they're number one. But the Big Ten has emerged as the number one conference in the country this year. Those top three teams, I think on any day, if you put them in a national championship game against Georgia, against Washington, against 
whoever you want to pick, Oklahoma, I think that any of those three teams would have a competitive game. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm saying all three of those teams could play anybody in the country at a neutral site, and it'd be, it'd be very competitive. So, you know, I, I'm with you. Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, I'm cool with that, one through three. I would like to see Iowa put some respect on that defense. Uh, put some respect on that it's defense. The offense. It's the offense that I don't respect at all. The defense is yeah. fine. I mean, we'll see what happens now that they've, you know, fully gone to a new quarterback with the injury to um, Cade McNamara. But, hey, listen, um, I was going to go as far as their defense and special teams take some as much as Hawkeyes fans hate to hear this. This is the Big Ten Show. You can find us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, the Believe Podcast Network, and Sports Illustrated Plus Valleys. Uh, anything else you want to wrap up about your power rankings? You want to get to these matchups, man. So uh, the power rankings, they are what they are. I'm good with them. They're going to change every week. So I don't want to spend too much time on them. The interesting stats, because you bring up those top three teams in the Big Ten. You know who the top three defenses in the entire country are? Number one, who? Michigan. Six. Number one, Michigan. 6.67 points per game they're giving up. Number two defense in the country, scoring-wise, 9.6 points, Penn State. Number three, Ohio State. 10 points a game the top three defenses in all of college football reside in the big 10 now if you expand to what the big 10 will be next year we have five of the top 10 defenses because oregon's number five in the country giving up 11.8 points per game and ucla is tied for eighth in the country and here's what i will say i actually i'm going to slightly disagree with you and i know this is home cooking the big 10 show i think the pac-12 which has been god-awful since U usc since Pete Carroll left USC about a decade and a half ago, okay, I think they're top to bottom, unequivocally, the best conference in the entire country this year. And you start to look at some of the top offenses, okay. Uh, where did that go? Jeff, what did you do with it? <laughs> I had it. Oh, here we go. Okay. So, and I discovered this throughout doing some recon for Oregon, Washington. But I, I'm going to, I'm gonna just going to go through the top three. The top three, number one, USC, 51.8 points per game, offense in the country. Number two. Okay, is uh, Oregon lost my lost my thought there? Fifty one point six points per game. Number three is Washington at forty six points per game. So two of those three teams are going to be in the Big Ten next year. So you look at the Pac twelve scoring, you look at the Big Ten defense, you look at what the teams that are joining the Big Ten next year. It's exciting, man. It's exciting to be a part of this conference. I think even more so than the SEC, despite they're the NFL of college football because we're actually a national conference where they're very, very regional. All right, man, let's talk about that Oregon-Washington game real quick. They will be in the Big Ten sooner rather than later. Oregon's a 54.8% chance to win this game over the Huskies, but this game is being played at Husky Stadium. It'll be the site of game day this weekend on ESPN as well. But um, if you look at the odds, the odds don't match up with ESPN's analytics because Washington at home is a three-point favorite. You mentioned the numbers as far as points. They're expecting a lot. The total 67 in this one, a little cloudy, 54 degrees. Kickoff at 2.30 Central Time on ABC on Saturday. I think we get a lot of points in this one, but I will tell you I'm going I'm going um, a little bit of homerism here. The head coach of the Washington Huskies is one Kalen DeBoer, who coached in Sioux Falls, is from our area, and we've seen his meteoric rise from coaching University of Sioux Falls all the way up to the Washington Huskies. And I think that this team has more grit defensively. Uh, I think they're going to be able to get some stops. Oregon's going to be able to score. But I like Washington in this one, man. I think for Washington, you know, um, they have to be better rushing the football to, to control the tempo of this game a little bit against Oregon. 
because they only average like 120 some yards rushing per game. While it's more of a balanced attack for Oregon, they're very similar in yards per game. But Washington's so heavy with with Penix in that in that passing game, almost 450 yards per game through the air. Uh, it's astronomical. I'm taking Washington. Who you got in this one? So this is going to be tough for Oregon because at home, it, it, Washington is tough to beat. It's a rowdy, raucous stadium there. I've been in that place. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Port, Puget Sound right there. It's also a rivalry game. Like, I don't think people understand how much Oregon fans hate Washington, and it's vice versa. Probably about 60-40 Oregon to Washington, but this is a rivalry game. Washington's at home. Honestly, 67.5 points seems low to me. I'm just going to be real with you. That seems kind of low, okay? You look at my score prediction, and I'm barely going to give you the over, though, once I actually did the prediction. As you mentioned, the Huskies have the top passing offense in the country, 446 yards per game. The Ducks have the third highest uh, scoring offense in the country, as I mentioned earlier. I already kind of gave some of those analytics. Washington is number two in the country. But here it is for me. Michael Penix Jr., uh, Penix Jr., sorry, basically 2,000 passing yards on the season. He's basically got the second-best stats in the country right behind Shadur Sanders. 16 TDs, two INTs, a legit, legit Heisman Trophy candidate, first-round draft pick. Bo Nix, in his 84th year of eligibility, isn't doing half bad. In fact, in his last game, 290 pass yards, four TDs, no touchdowns, okay? I think the difference is not only the run game. Oregon is more physical up front. They can run the ball better, but the defensive side of the ball. And what makes me nervous is that this is this is in Husky, in Husky Stadium. That makes me nervous. But Washington is the 28th best defense in the country. Oregon is fifth. That's why I'm picking Oregon. They're more well-rounded. They play better defense. Not uber confident because it is a road game for the Ducks, but I'm going to go Oregon slightly in the over, okay? 38, Washington, 31. I'm going with the odds. are going with the analytics. We'll see what happens between those two future Big Ten teams. All right, let's get to the Big Ten slate for Saturday, October 14th. Uh, we are not talking about Massachusetts and Penn State. Sorry. Oh, I have notes. I have notes. No, no, dude. Dude, dude. Here's what I wrote. Here's what I wrote. Here's what I wrote. Here's what I wrote. Penn State, trap game, question mark. They've got Ohio State next week. No, this is ridiculous. Nittany Lions score a lot. UMass scores a lot less. And also, random random, interesting side note, Penn State is number one in the country in time of possession, holding on to the ball 36 minutes a game. There if Penn State players were required to take four shots of Patron as they walked onto oh the field, God. they'd still win this game, okay? Trap game. <laughs> game. Watch out. No, they would murder <laughs> Massachusetts, man. Like, this is brutal. All right. Uh, Michigan and Indiana, that thing is going to be a blowout too, right? Oh, but we're going to talk about this game. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I, I just bring it out there. That thing's going to be a blowout, right? Like we, we can skip notes here. Yeah, Michigan's a thirty-three and a half point favorite over yep. under forty-five and a half. Michigan six and zero. Indiana two and three. All right, as I mentioned, Michigan is the number one defense in the country. I'm going to take the under. Not close. Michigan thirty-eight. Indiana seven. It's kind of uh, deja vu from a week ago for Ohio State. About a twenty-point favorite. They ended up covering last week, figuring out a way to score a lot of points there down the stretch. Uh, they are the same favorite again this week on the road against Purdue. Uh, you mentioned, watch out, trap game, Penn State coming up against. Is this a trap game for Purdue and Ohio State? So in all seriousness, I have Purdue as what? The 12th best team in the conference is Ohio State, third best team in the conference. But I do have upset, trap game alert. Purdue is that school in the conference that is known for upsetting big name teams. They're known for pulling off that upset when they're significantly outmanned. But they've done it against Ohio State in the past multiple times. Ohio State, 19.5 point favorite. The over-under is 15.5. 
Okay, now Ohio State won 37 to 17 over Maryland a week ago. I was I kind of thought that game would be a little bit closer, but the Buckeyes defense is legit for a change. Yep. All right, Purdue, bad loss to a just god awful Iowa team, 20 to 14. <clears throat> god awful, Jeff. That's for you. All right, now here's my prediction. Either Ohio State just completely steamrolls them or Purdue pulls off the shocking upset. There's going to be no middle ground. That being said, Ohio State wins by three TDs. Here's a line that's a little bit shorter. He's Adam Carricker. I'm Jeff Turn. This is the Big Ten Show presented to you by Jacobson Seed Company, your healthy hybrid advantage for your fields. Uh, Rutgers and Michigan State. Rutgers minus four and a half in this one. I expect this to be low scoring, um, mainly because I think both these teams are going to turn the football over a little bit. Uh, they've been prone to throughout the year. Coming from the great state of New Jersey in Piscataway at SHI Stadium, you got the Scarlet Knights hosting Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State trying to get their first Big Ten win of the season. Do they do so against Rutgers? I, uh, Rutgers two-point favorite over under 41. Uh, I have Rutgers. I think it's going to be a close, hard-fought game. I think Rutgers is a pretty good team. Okay, that's why I moved them ahead of Iowa right at the last second before we started recording in the power rankings. So I think Rutgers, great, close, narrow game, 24-21, gets the, the victory here. All right, man. So Illinois and Maryland, uh, Maryland bounces back this week, right, with the big performance offensively. They blow out Illinois. You watched a lot of Illinois last week. They're 0-3 in the Big Ten this year. I think one of the more surprising disappointments throughout college football, considering what they had a year ago, although some of us, like myself, sort of predicted this might happen with what they lost to the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, their cornerback that's playing for Seattle right now, dude, is just awesome. Um, so I, I think Maryland bounces back big time here. Spreads 14. Here's what I wrote. Maryland is a good team. Illinois is a bad team. The only hope Illinois has is that Mar is they have an extra day to prepare. Okay, they have eight days because of the Friday game versus Nebraska. Does Maryland have a letdown after not playing a little bit better against Ohio State? I say no. Maryland, not even close. 42 to 14 with the win. Final man, we got about a minute and a half left to go in the Big Ten show. Iowa and Wisconsin. And I know you're going to come out here with some cockamamie answer about how Wisconsin's so much better offensively than Iowa. They're going to come out here. They're going to beat up on Iowa. It's, it's going to be such a – listen, listen, listen. Yes. This this isn't dumb and dumber, okay? And – and and they and you and we're saying we're having a chance because the analytics give us a 34% chance to win. Camp Randall be overrated lately. Um uh, I I think uh it's going to be ground and pound with a little play action. Mordecai gets lit up. He has as many turnovers as he has interceptions to this point in the year. Three turnovers for the Wisconsin offense. Big time game for the Iowa offense. They win outright as nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Y'all sleep on the Hawkeyes, and what happens? You get kicked in the face. You're just being stubborn with your preseason prediction. By the way, they're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. And this is this the lowest over-under of the year, 36-and-a-half points for this game? I mean, that, that's got to be the lowest over-under of the year. So here's what I wrote. You're actually on track. If Iowa wants to win, they got to force Wisconsin to throw. Tanner Mordecai is not going to win you a ball game throwing the ball. So if you can force him to throw, if your Iowa's defense, you got a chance. Also, you got to force turnovers. You're just not going to score a bunch of points in this game, offensively anyways. So I just went straight to the numbers in this one, okay? Wisconsin's defense giving up 18.4 points per game. Iowa's offense, sorry, baby, Ference, you're only averaging, you're 105th in the country in offense, scoring offense, averaging 21.8 points per game. You're on your way to getting fired, probably not, but we'll delve into that again. Iowa's defense, 16.3 points per game. Wisconsin's offense, this is the difference. 31.4 points per game. Wisconsin wins, and it's not really that close in the second half, 24 to 10.
Adam is a very smart man, except when he predicts against Iowa. Uh, the Big Ten show can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Bally's, SI.com, Believe Podcast Network, and, of course, on YouTube. Another edition is in the books as another page has turned here on the show. Enjoy all the Big Ten action this weekend. We'll check in with you sooner rather than later. Thanks to Jacobson Seed Company for another great show.